The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. So we are focusing on uh, faith over fear. We are back to today. So I did realize that we entered a new series, but I believe the Lord has got something great in store for all of us. Now, for today, let me start by saying fear has got the power to, to cripple and weaken me. Fear has got the power to paralyze you, to get you in a place where your view, your perception of things is affected, your hope is crippled mm -hmm. and so much more. So now if we don't deal with this kind of fear that we are talking about in line with what someone said he said fear is false evidence appearing real we are going to start believing what is untrue. We are going to be, uh, to be getting affected 
by what is not in line with the word of God. Now, during the Great Depression in the United States, many, many years ago, at the time, there was a man called Franklin Roosevelt. He said something that really struck and got my attention. He said, let me accept my fear and believe that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So there was that great depression in the United States where a lot of things were affected and this man who was also president said the only thing that we need to fear in this period is fear itself. He said, nameless and reasoning and justified terror, which weakens needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. So what most people didn't realize at that time is that the president himself had experienced some form of dark hours in his life. So fear weakened and crippled him, uh, this man from the inside out. So Roosevelt was born a child of high privilege. The man was educated. He got his education from Harvard. And some law school from Columbia. You can imagine the level of his education. But at the age of 39, he was stricken with a case of polio that left him severely disabled. Now, as he was recovering, he developed an extreme fear of fire. He feared fire because, according to him, if there was going to be a fire, there was no way he was going to escape. So he was worried. So he was, he was afraid, he was worried because of his disability. But in time, he, over, he overcame his fear and he regained the use of his hands and even learned to walk again with the aid of presses. And then he re-entered the political arena he was fearlessly campaigning to become the governor of New York, of which he did. He became one in 1929. So then he went on to become one of America's greatest presidents and guided the nation to victory during World War II. I've started with this because I want to show you something. And in his biography, Roosevelt recalls how he turned to God for help, for courage and guidance, and the Lord granted him all those things. I don't know about you, but I have a question for us. Are you afraid of anything in your life today? Like the psalmist said, the Lord is on my side. 
I will not fear. What can man do to me? Sometimes we are in a state of fear because we feel helpless. We feel we are not safe. But the psalmist made it clear that the fact that the Lord was on his side, he was not afraid of anything because no any man, no mortal man could do anything to him. But nowadays we have people that fear human beings more than they fear God. And then we think successful and godly people are exempted from situations that can lead to fear. But that's not, that's not it. There is no one that is exempted from situations that will cause fear in our lives. There are great men and women in the Bible. Elijah is one of them. Even the first man that was ever created. According to the Bible, the first recorded words of the first man that God created were after Genesis 3 verse 10. So, as if that was not the first time fear is mentioned in the Bible, you'll discover that those were the first words that man ever uttered. So from, from Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, before the stem, you, you will not find a record of Adam's words. And Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, let's, let's see what he said. So it says, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Let's not forget, the Lord answered his question. I mean, the Lord responded to this statement by asking him, who told you that you were naked? For God does not see things the way we see them. He doesn't. So there is a place where in the natural realm, there is every reason for you to be afraid. But in your spirit, you should choose not to fear. So fear is believed to be genetic. It's part of our human nature. Remember I shared with you that even a baby has got two natural fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud, loud noises. Now further studies confirm that they are about seven greatest areas of fear in our lives. Number one, finances. Finances. That is why you discover that we have a lot of people that are always praying and believing God for financial breaks because no one wants to be broke. No one wants to lack. So finances are one of the seven greatest fears of man, number two, health. That's the reason why there are some people that, I can better check me back. They will keep on talking about this. 
they will go to the clinic. We, we all want to be perfect health. Number three, career concerns. This has to do with uh, many education. Uh, what, what, what you're doing, the works of your hands, a skill, and so much more. I've noticed people have stopped going on the pitch, so we don't know what's happening. Let's, let's work on that. It's not something that we need to be told all the time. We can't say we don't have bundles because we can even use to that. So now, there are career concerns. That's the reason why many people are always thinking about what's happening in my life. Where am I? What have I done? How far have I gone in this area? And number four, parenting struggles. This is also one of the greatest fears of men. Parenting is not easy. Then we also have family relationships, family ties. And we live in a generation where a lot of families are actually distant. They are not as close as they are supposed to be. So there is always that fear. No, And sometimes we try to force what is not even there. The other fear, number six, is accomplishing personal goals. We set personal goals and sometimes we tell ourselves, by the time I'm 25, by the time I'm 35, by the time I'm 45, I'm 50, I would love to accomplish this and that. So that is also one of the greatest fears of man. That's number six. And number seven, death is one of the greatest fears of man. And naturally speaking, naturally speaking, no one can claim they don't fear death. We all know we are going to die. But no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to think about it. Just the thought that you will die one day. So if you are, on, uh, if you are going to be honest, to check within yourself, you will notice that those areas I've mentioned are a man's greatest areas of fear. And those are things that are affecting us on a daily basis. They are affecting us. If we are to be honest, like these are things that are affecting us on a daily basis to a greater extent. Beloved, are you fearful? Are you, are you afraid? Are you anxious? Are you worried about any of those areas? I want to tell you and remind you that fear can be so destructive. It can be a destructive force in your life because instead of making progress, 
you will find yourself going backwards. You will find yourself getting stuck. Now, one of the old English words for fear means a sudden attack. So it's also related to an old German word for fear that means to be ambushed or to be snared. You are able to connect it to the scripture we read in Proverbs 20 something on Wednesday, where we are taught the fear of man is a snare. So fear traps you. Fear suddenly attacks people. Do you know that even in this time that we are living in, the fear of COVID has affected many people than COVID itself. During deliverance of the mind series, remember I shared, I said, the fear of accidents has actually killed more people than the impact of the accidents themselves. That's the reason why you can tell the presence of fear has claimed many lives. That's what fear does. It attacks us and it takes us captive. So what's the answer? How can we overcome this enemy called the fear in our lives? We need to have faith in God. Faith in God is the antidote, is the cure, is the solution to overcoming fear in our lives. Now, let, let, let me quickly give you about seven differences between fear and faith. Number one, fear tells you you cannot do it. But faith says all things are possible to him that believes. So fear will always tell you you can't do this. This is not for you. But faith is always telling you all things are possible. You can do it. So fear is always that voice that is always discouraging you. Ah, that is that is how fear operates. So fear is always telling you, uh, uh, you know what I mean. You don't have what it takes. Number two, fear weakens you, but faith strengthens you. So manta, So fear will take away your strength, but faith is going to give you power. Number three, fear imprisons, but faith liberates. So fear will put you in prison, and faith will set you free. That is why in many miracles that Jesus performed, he outrightly said, your fear has made you well. So fear will liberate your life. Faith is going to imprison on you. Number four, fear will drain you, but faith will empower you. 
So fear will take away your energy. Fear will drain you. But faith will empower you. Number five, fear will discourage you. But faith will encourage you. Number six, fear will make you sick. But faith will cause you to get healed. So fear sickens your life. And faith heals your life. Number seven. Fear leads to hopelessness. But we all know what faith is. And what faith does. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. So fear will make you hopeless. But faith will lead you. To a place of hope. Fear will tell you it is done. Nothing can be done. But faith will tell you there is hope. There is hope. It's never too late. Fear will tell you Lazarus has been dead. He's his buried. He's even rotting away. But Faith will tell you it's never too late. God, God is never late in our lives. Now, as we go on, you will you will get to see that those things I have mentioned will make sense in light of the word of God. One of the most repeated words in the Bible. If you've paid attention, either directly from, from the mouth of the Lord, his servants and different people. One of the most repeated words in the Bible is fear not. Do not fear. I know some of you have been taught, no. Do not fear. Fear not is recorded 366 times in the Bible. And you believed it? That's not really true. But, um, you, you will notice that the, the words do not fear, fear not, are recorded about um, over 200 times in many parts of the Bible. Now that shows you that fear is one of the greatest enemy of man. Not the situations or the challenges that we face, but the fear people have to face what comes in their way. Can you imagine you, you, you are 20 years old, you are 15 years old, you are already thinking about years. That will just take away your energy to face this life. So these words are there in the Bible over 200 times. Now this means a lot to you and I. First, it shows you and I that we are going to face situations that will cause us to fear. That's the first, on a daily basis. I, I, I can assure you, um, naturally speaking, we are, we are living in, in fearful times. These are perilous times the Bible talked about. 
You can imagine a pound soap that maybe you you would buy at six, seven quarter last year. You are buying it twice the amount this year. It's like prices of various commodities have doubled, some have tripled. But you know what? That shows you that we are always faced with situations and challenges on a daily basis that will cause us to fear. And that is why you find the words do not fear or fear not repeated so many times in the word of God. But it also means we shouldn't let fear rule us. Because many times God's people we are told, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. So maybe number one, I said, there are many situations that will, will come that will cause us to fear. But then we should not allow fear to rule us. So before we talk about fighting fear, overcoming fear, I want to let you know that not all kinds of fear, not all types of fear are harmful. There is a place where you have a holy, a right kind of fear in your life. I'm sure to my so, so if, if, if you are afraid of doing certain things because they are not right, that kind of fear is healthy. Mind when we are saying, don't, not, not allow fear. We are not encouraging you to go and feel still, to go and do nonsense. No. We are not saying that. And that is why, as we go on, not today, but probably before we are done with this, by, by the grace of God, if God allows me, we are going to delve into the kinds and types of fear so that you may know which one is healthy and which one is unhealthy. So healthy fear is designed to keep us safe. Or to keep us from getting humiliated. You can't just live life anyhow. You can't just come to a place where you tell yourself, in a day of many days, on. No. It's a virtue. It's a virtue. Then even Chapel of Yoga, Ukraine, Amanda, have fear over what belongs to other people. Because fear is also a form of respect. That's so why when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we are talking about the highest regard of respect for the Lord. Not that when you when you talk about God, you should you should shiver. No, we're talking about respecting God. So when we say you should have fear in life, you must respect and know your boundaries. Are we clear on that one? For example, you can't go to people's houses and just enter as if it's your home. You have to knock. And wait to be talked later. For example, you can't find, I can't find Pastor this phone without his permission. I start doing what I want to do in this phone. No, you, you can't do that. You need to get permission. For example, you can't just find 
your husband's money, your wife's money, and you get and you use no permission. It's not right. The two shall become one, but that does not encourage stealing. Whether it's your wife's money or it's your husband's money, you need to get permission. So there is need for that. Are we clear on that one? So uh, I'll talk more about it when we get to it. So when you get to a place where you've noticed that, for example, you've lost a sense of shame, you know, can I just feel that you should get married? It's, it's, it's a virtue, it's normal that there is a place where, you know, there are certain things that we've been through where we still have to say, okay, I need this help. But because you don't want someone to disrespect you, you don't want someone to think like you are taking advantage of them. But you, even when they offer you, you still say no. I've been at a place where sometimes you don't even have transport. Where you walk, I'm not talking about now walking a very long distance. Where do you walk from Chilanga to your place normally? But the same distances that you can cover, like for example, from the Venue Junction to to this place. But you can't come to a place where every time when someone asks you, ah, what ah, did it raise ah? I said, no. You know, there is a place where out of just out of fear, even just consume food can carry by. Because sometimes be very careful because if you are a perpetual receiver in life, don't think every time people give you their happy. Sometimes, for example, people call and they want to respect you. I'm just teaching you principles that have worked for some of us. I've been at a place where sometimes you say not to an offer, hey, your people are there, hey, look up, what was it? That's just how life is. Okay, let's continue. So, fear. It's not only a guide that will keep us safe. Though to some extent it's a guide. But fear can also be a manipulative emotion that can trick us into living a defeated life. Fear is also a manipulative emotion that can trick us into living a defeated life. Isaiah 43 verse 1. These are the words of the Lord. But now that says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you by your name, your mine. Now that shows you that fear keeps you in bondage. So when God was saying, fear not, he attached it to your redemption. Fear not, for I have what? I have redeemed you. So many those that are not redeemed, they will live lives full of what? Of fear. And he says, you are mine. I have called you by your name. Let's see what God further said in Isaiah 41 verse 10. Do not fear anything. 
For I am with you. Do not be afraid. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured. I will help you. Just from there, you, 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 you are able to see that God was saying, many people fear because they feel weak. And fear weakens them. And it's because they feel helpless. And God says, I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand. A hand of justice, of power, of victory, and of salvation. Do not fear anything. So today and every day, you must always encourage and remind yourself that God is with you. And I promise to strengthen and guide you in every situation that you face. My guide mentioned fear is able to drain and make you feel weak. Fear is able to make you feel miserable. Fear is able to make you feel useless, hopeless, and every negative word that you can use. Let's take, for example, um, these words that we find in the book of Job. Job 4, verse 14. You'll see the, the negative impact and effect of fear. Look at what this man said. Fear came upon me and trembling which made all my bones shake. There is a place where it's not that situation but because your reaction to it is what will cause you to begin to shiver. It's what is going to weaken your bones. So fear came upon me. So fear has got the power to paralyze you. You can even begin to tremble. And your bones will feel weak. You will begin to shake because of fear. So fear can be devastating. Why? Because fear breeds fear. Fear produces fear and fear gives birth to fear. Now it's the whole church looking after one, one baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so now fear gives birth to fear. You, you'll notice that if you're afraid of one thing, a German tells you to choose what's going to happen. It will lead to another. You begin to think about this, you think about that, you think about that. So you must be, you must be very careful that you deal with fear because before fear deals with you. So the most devastating thing about fear is, is that fear exaggerates. Fear enlarges even a very small issue. Even a very small issue. It's because in, in thinking about it, you will have problems about the effects and so much more. So we must be very careful, we must be very prayerful that we deal with fear before fear can deal with us. So both faith and fear are magnifying glasses. You know how a magnifying glass works. When you put it on top of a small thing, 
or when you use it to look at a small thing, it's going to be enlarged. Sounding like school. That's what fear does in our lives. A problem, we can move because something a much problem. Guys, sometimes some of these people that think they are going through problems, it's not that their problems are bigger than what others are facing. It is because they're just always talking about it. It's a what? It's a what? And then sometimes you are there, you're just looking at them, saying, if only you knew what we are going through. And the Bible is very clear. I always talk about this. Whatever you're facing is common to what every other person is facing. So it's not true that for you we should say, not my problems. It's the word of God. Whatever you're facing, that's what other people are facing. And the truth of the matter is that the problems are because Hallelujah. But don't talk too much about your problems. Because whatever you fear, you empower. Whatever you talk about shows the condition of your heart. You are just looking at No, change my phone up where my children. The truth of the matter is that you've got more time. Are we in church every day? Are we in church the whole day? Sometimes you have all the time. Monday, the 20 program. Tuesday, the 20 program. Wednesday, the Masuru, the 16 chapter to 18. Two hours and 30 minutes. Perform program, you can continue with your own program. But people will still find excuses. Mirat, who is a member of the Spanish chairman, where is the chairman of the Spanish At the end of the day, you discover that in the midst of them, you know, you know, you know, you know, try to check what is happening in your life. Try to check. Because being busy is not talking about it. Being busy is producing results. And not everyone who looks busy is productive. Let's not forget there are also those with more busy bodies. So fear enlarges challenges. Fear is able to shrink. Fear is able to cripple the ability of God in your life. Now faith diminishes challenges. Even if a challenge is big, when you have faith, you believe in a big and a great God. If you have fear, you are saying your problem is bigger than God. If you have faith, you are saying God is bigger than your challenges.
Now, let me give you a few facts that will intrigue and challenge you in a positive way. Let me start by asking you this question. For example, how many of you are afraid of maybe you fear flying or moving by air? There are people that very much talk about Now let me let me tell you these are facts. Okay? They may they may not be absolute truths, but these are facts that have been established by study and research. They say you are more likely to die from food choking than you can die when you are you are traveling by, by air. So, for a that's what study has shown. So we are afraid of food as well. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number two, there are people. How many people are afraid of being attacked or dying in a robbery? There are people who are afraid of that. They are always speaking around the chicken to come pick and choose. Now, let, let, me, let, me, let me give you a fact under this. They say you are actually likely to die twice as much when you are addicted to a sport that you can die. And I hope you can imagine. Even Jevanel Macron, sometimes you chew the money that is the bona or that is the best thing. Yesterday, I don't know. 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 I don't so we have been thinking of you've never been adapting your eyes. Never. At least some of us have been privileged. <laughs> eh? We think there. No, we'll talk about it someday. And how many people are afraid of a surgical operation? Maybe going to the theater and being operated on. When I'm going to have a job, that means a chair of Juba. Now, it is believed that you are 16 times more likely to die in a car crash than you can die from an operation. How many times? 16 times. So maybe the accident will operate on you. <laughs> so what, what, what I'm trying to tell you is that there is no safest mode of transport. Our safety should not be in these things. Our safety should be in God. There is no safest place to stay. Our safety should be in God. I'm not in any way saying people cannot care, care as much. 
But what I'm telling you is that you can be too careful. If you want, you can say, oh, me, I'm going to avoid um, Mrs. I'm going to avoid Chiboria. I'm going to, I'm going to start staying in such a place because maybe it's, it's, it's very safe and so much more. But let me tell you one thing. Our safety is in God. Because even people that failed the safest have been attacked before. And people that feel very safe are actually under a lot of stress. That's the reason why they even put a lot of security measures around them. You think that is safe? It's not. It's not. If you always need cameras around you, <laughs> you always need you always need to check who is following your car. You always need to make sure that you've got dogs or maybe you have you have the lion you've got. You are not safe. You know that because your faith is in those things. But our faith is in the Lord. Hallelujah. And I had a dream this morning. You know the issue of um, where people have been losing things and people are opening windows. I don't know if I was just thinking about it. I slept, I think around three today. So when I went to bed, I had a dream that someone came. So now, the window was already open. So when that person came, uh, what happened was we faced each other. You know where one So as I said, in the name of Jesus. And what happened was, how many of you have seen Mortal Kombat? It's like this person was frozen. And I did have to go outside. It's like the dream changed. It was hours later and people came and they found that that person was in the same spot. But then it just made me think that many of the times that we are we are so much afraid and yet we don't even know the power that we have on the inside of us. I know we have lost things, I know things have been stolen from us. All of us, you have something that you have lost before. But you can get to a place where you begin to pray over your things. You begin to pray over your love. Begin to pray over your family and so much more. So that God can just do what he wants to do. I want you to take it by force. Begin to pray and declare. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. So that you know you can get to a place where someone will not feel comfortable coming around what you want. Glory to God. So I'm, I'm not in any way encouraging us to be careless. If, if, if you are driving, I'm not saying you should be driving at an exceeding speed limit. So much. No, I'm not, I'm not saying. So there is power in fear. We actually empower things if we fear them. That's what I said. I said, what you fear, you empower. So fear most of the time starts in your mind. 
when you begin to think about it. Do you know that the issue of the of uh, the book is not like Venzeku or Stenzeku, but I, I think for me my conclusion is there are people that still see the book even today. It's because of the mind. All of the Bible says there is there is no communication between the living and the dead. So that Peter Chekmojawan is You see them because you are creating them. When you are here, the Bangladesh and for sure in your mind you saw them. Peter, you will not find Mr. Watch again. But it's in your mind. Your speech and it will affect the things that you do. 
it's that's where in the mind. So for today, how do you deal with fear? You need to begin to practice the truth of the word of God. Isaiah 26. Verse 3 to 4. You will cut him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on him because he commits himself to you, leans on him, and hopes confidently in him. Verse 4. So trust in the Lord. Commit yourself to him. Lean on him. Hope confidently in him forever. For the Lord is an everlasting rock, a rock of ages. So God will keep in peace those whose minds are stayed on him. You can imagine Colossians. We're talking about higher life, higher things. Set your mind. You decide what you set your mind on. You decide the things that you think about. Now, when we were about to enter the promised land, the children of Israel had to cross the Jordan River. They have to face the Red Sea. The question is, were they not afraid? They were. Were you not also going to be afraid? You were going to be afraid. Because not, not all of us love water. There are some of you, I know, you are looking forward to me. I want to go to Victoria Force. You know, we have a chance in that state. But you can't take over my time. Hallelujah. looking for death. Now, there are those that you find that exciting. May the Lord be with you. We don't condemn him. But they were afraid. Now, you can imagine they are the Red Sea in front of them. There are mountains on both sides. The Red Sea in front of them, mountains now. They are behind them. The armies of Pharaoh were approaching. Let's read it so that's 14 verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. So you're able to just in that verse that 
when these armies were drawing near closer to them, the people of Israel were afraid. So from the Israelites' perspective and point of view, they are the reason to be afraid because in front of them there was a challenge. This side and this side, they were mountains. Behind them, they had enemies coming. So there was no escape. But from the perspective of faith of Moses, let's see Exodus 14, verse 13 14. Are we there? Exodus 14, verse 13 to 14. And Moses said to the people, Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see them. You shall never see them again. Verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. So what gave Moses the audacity to tell them not to fear? Because Moses knew God was going to fight for them. What made the Israelites to be afraid is because they thought they came to the end of their lives. And they were afraid. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15, coming down, when the servant of the man of God woke up, he was afraid because according to him, he said, ah, my master, we are finished. We have been surrounded. So what you see, your perception is what will determine whether you have faith or fear in your life. If you look at your future, all you see are showers. All you see are problems. All you see are non-accomplished dreams. You are going to be afraid. So beloved, when you allow fear to take hold of you, you are going to become even more fearful. You will create a stable neighborhood kind of weakness in your life. Because like I mentioned, what you fear, you empower. So fear makes you afraid to do the very thing that will be beneficial to you. Fear keeps you in prison. Prison of poverty, prison of sickness, prison of ignorance. It's my prayer that God will deliver you in the eye from this kind of fear that we're talking about. On Wednesday, I talked about one of the effective ways to overcome fear. I said you need to be willing to take a risk. Because life will not give you the benefits of what you avoid. Life will not give you the benefits of what you are going to, but rather what you face. You are not remembered for the problems you caused, but for the solutions you offered. You are not remembered for the battles you ran away from, but for the battles you faced and overcame. And I remember coming across what someone said. Someone said, fear is a dark room 
when negative is developed. So when you are afraid, you will always be in that place where you are thinking about there are many reasons why you can't and why it's not you. When God called Moses, Moses gave about five excuses. He felt someone else was going to do it better. He thought he could not speak. And many other excuses he had given amounted to about five of them. So fear is a dark room where negatives are developed. Where you're going to be empowering the reasons why you cannot. You should avoid and overcome fear in your life because fear has got the power to undermine the faith that you have, the faith in yourself. Fear will undermine, will fight the faith you have in yourself. The faith you have in God, even the faith you have in others. Now, there is an old proverb that says, fear makes the wolf bigger than it is. So this tells you that there is a place where the problem will look bigger than it really is because you are afraid that, like I mentioned, fear is also a magnifying glass. So the mega challenge of man are not the challenges we are facing, but the fear we have as we face those challenges. The major challenge of man are not the challenges man is facing, but the fear we have when we are facing those challenges. Now, a man named Charles Spencer said, Anxiety or fear does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but it drops today of its strength. There is a place where, remember what Jesus said, don't be afraid, don't be worried about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. That shows you that when you begin to think about how your future will be, your worried you are afraid what's going to happen is that you will not even have the strength to face it today. So as long as you allow fear to take the wheel in your life, you will never go where God wants to take you. Fear should not be in the driver's seat of your life. If you allow fear to be in the driving seat of your life, you will never discover, you will never develop the gifts, the talents, and the skills that God has given you. But I want to tell you today that God wants us to overcome our fears. David in Psalms 27, verse 1 said, The Lord 
is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. So you are able to see that fear is the absence of light. Fear makes you feel as if you are condemned, you are not saved. Fear weakens you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So David was saying, I'm going to pass through fearful times in my life, fearful places, I'm going to face fearful circumstances. But I choose not to be afraid of evil, for the Lord is with me. For the Lord is going to comfort, is going to protect me. We can be understanding. Psalm 118, verse 6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. So we are going to continue on Wednesday. I want us to pray. We are going to thank God for this word. We are going to appreciate it. We are going to say, God, I thank you because I'm not a slave to fear. I'm not going to be overcome by fear. You give me the grace to overcome fear. In Jesus' mighty name, let's begin to pray. Father, we give you the praise. Everyone must be praying in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for speaking to us. Thank you for speaking to our lives. We are not going to be the same. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us. We are not going to be the same. We are Father, God, we pray that you give us grace to overcome fear in our lives. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I want us to pray. In the book of Isaiah, we are told, do not call conspiracy what they call conspiracy. And do not fear what they fear. I want you to pray and declare that I'm not going to fear what the world fears. I'm, going, I'm not going to fear what they fear. The Lord is on my side. I'm not going to fear the economy. I'm not going to fear sickness. I'm not going to fear death. I'm not going to fear responsibilities for the Lord is with me. He is going to present me. He is going to provide for me. 
Let Jesus find and begin to declare those things. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm not going to be afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of the economy. I'm not afraid of sickness. I'm not afraid of witchcraft. I'm not afraid of anything. Poverty. For the Lord is with me. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, for the Lord is on my side. He is out to protect and provide for me. In the mighty name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Father, In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we bless you. We bless you, God. We can lift up our hands. Father, we give you the praise for today. We thank you for speaking to our lives. And we pray, King of glory, that you continue speaking to our lives. Give us the grace to overcome fear in our lives. Fear will not rule over us. We are not slaves. We are free. We are liberated by the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of fear. We have the Spirit of power, love, self-control. We have the Spirit that gives us power to call upon your other Father. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for your children. They will not be afraid of nothing. They will not fear what they fear. But others fear in the name of Jesus. If they have been bound by the spirit of fear in their lives, I pray that you may deliver them today. The fear of both the known and the unknown will not be their portion. In Jesus' mighty name, we are